Hello, you are listening to Omnitalks Retail Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, Avalara, TGW, and Sezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Retail Fast Five is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is October 11th, 2023. I'm your host, Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss the most important headlines from the past week that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are coming together to shape the future. Chris, we're on a Wednesday again. Yes, Wednesday again. Second week in a row. We're going to do it again next week, too. I know. It's, I'm excited. This midweek thing, it's kind of, I kind of like it. I kind of like hitting it midweek. You know, we give people coming off, they get a little taste on, of Monday and Tuesday, and then can go into the weekend happy and then come back the next week early. You know, it's nice. It's nice. Well, I, I appreciate you making this change because this change is actually because I am For your going on schedule. vacation yes. with my girlfriends tomorrow. Yes. So. Yes. Right. I appreciate you making this shift so that we can make uh still make the fast five happen and I can be hopefully pina colada in hand. Yeah, where are you like going four PM? Tell the I, tell the, the inquiring minds where you're headed, Anne. I'm going to West Palm Beach. I've never been West there Palm. before. All yeah, right. just West a, Palm. Just a bunch of just WPB. a bunch of bombs and ladies just hanging out, just trying to uh trying to shake off the cobwebs before we head into the busy holiday schedule. So yeah. Well, how are you feeling coming off Nax last week? I got to tell you, I met, I ate more fried chicken than I oh, have God. in my entire life. And my, 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 my bowel is clucking. I ate so much fried chicken. Your what it's, is clucking? My bowel is clucking literally Ew. because there's just, there's just so much fried chicken. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like it was so good though. So yummy. That's but how you feeling for information? Are you, are you too feeling, much information. Chris. You feeling good? Like Nax followed up by a West Palm Beach trip. Yeah, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna get sounds a like good a, taste. Sounds like a good combination. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was really eye opening. Right down to the flight home when I got to sit betwixt. I was betwixt. Betwixt. I think that's how you say. In between is how you're trying to say. (laughs) When I sat betwixt two uh, convenience store owners and got to talk the entire flight home about uh, just about what their thoughts were and takeaways. And it was actually really interesting um, just, you know, hearing what we heard at the conference, especially like investment in, you know, grab and go food. Those guys are going hard on it. Um, yeah. And then talk about also, that later. Yes, the and show, then and then also the EV component too. I mean, yeah. I think we are in our in the industry. Everybody's talking big about EV, but to hear two operators actually talking about the likelihood of them, you know, making that investment and how soon the EV store of the future, like we talked about with Gelson's last week, might actually happen. So. Yeah, it was cool. That was very timely. That Gelson story was really timely for, for yeah. that conversation. That's cool. And I I looked up the correct definition of betwixt. And yes, yeah. you nailed it, Anne. I, I, I had did? no idea that's what betwixt meant. Yes, it is. I, can yes. you tell, Chris, In that between I... two things, yes. Can you tell that I have been doing my daily vocabulary word? Last week I did opine. And then oh, this yeah. week I'm using betwixt. Well, you know, I try to set the bar really high for the vocab, and you know, it's you, something I you take do. a lot of That's, pride in. I you're take the a lot reason, of pride in. You're the reason I have to do my daily <laughs> vocabulary word because Chris uses words all the time. And I have no idea most of the time what you're talking about. So someday hey. I'll get you. I'll hey, catch you. Up. Elevate the, you elevate the bar and you never drop your standards. All right, and let's do this show. And today's fast five. We've got news on 
Walmart saying Ozempic is causing people to buy less food. Shields going big, and I'm talking like 250,000 square feet big in my hometown of Phoenix, Arizona. Incoming Macy's CEO, Tony Spring, calling Bloomingdale's its, quote, growth vehicle. Ulta Beauty's plans to help its store associates find joy this holiday season. I can't wait to talk about that one. But of course, and we begin today with coupon news out of Stop and Shop. Something I never thought I would say, but yes, coupon news out of Stop and Shop. Got to get those coops, baby. Yes, that's right, Chris. Stop and Shop has begun testing new in-store kiosks aimed at consumers who are, quote, digital hesitant, end quote. That's a great quote, digital hesitant, And We got to gotta stop and talk about that. Digital hesitant. Okay, yeah, very- uh, I, I'm wondering what other blank hesitant things you can be like i i think that could be an entire podcast on its own we, but we could do a podcast on that yes like what yeah, weather hesitant i don't know like what's hesitant. coming to buy like <laughs> experimentation hesitant i don't right. know there's a lot of things that go in there but digital <laughs> hesitant is this is what the spokesperson for uh the stop and shop chain told supermarket news uh according to supermarket news the new kiosk dubs saving stations quote, provide a convenient way for consumers, particularly non-digital shoppers, to activate and load their digital coupons on their card while shopping in-store, end quote. Customers can either scan their loyalty card or enter their phone number at the kiosk and the digital coupons from the circular will be instantly activated to the shopper's Go Rewards loyalty account, the retailer said. Savings are then applied at checkout when the customer scans that same loyalty card or enters their phone number. Chris. Yes. Are you are you coupon kiosk hesitant or are you happy <laughs> about this news? This has me thinking about college all of a sudden for some reason, you know, like <laughs> that's what that's what that's what that phrase just made me think about and fill in the blanks for that. Yeah. Friends, friends of Bobby talk. Oh man, and where do I start on this one? But I think this is a fun one to start with today. It's a good one to start the show. You know, we could have led with Ozempic and Walmart, but we saved that for later. Um, but we decided to lead with this one. So Okay, so first of all, the jaded person in me would say, okay, if you're going to make your customer swipe their card at a kiosk and then preload all the digital coupons for that week, why don't you just do that anyway? You know, yeah. like, why, why don't you just make that a part of your thing anyway? Because that that's really customer friendly if you do that. Now, there's a whole host of reasons why you wouldn't want to do that, right? But the other point about this that I think that's really interesting is, you also just have to acclimate your customers, your digitally hesitant, your digital hesitant customers to the fact that online coupons actually exist, right? Yes. Like I think, because that's the starting point here is that there are people who don't know that, and that's pretty much alluded to very like overtly in the article. There are people who don't know that digital coupons are a thing. Right. So the kiosk is the starting point. It's the marketing vehicle. It's the physical substrate in the store to keep people into the fact that they're out there and you can stop by it and swipe your card and get them preloaded. And so for that reason, it makes sense. Like, you know, and the brands are probably paying for it too, I imagine. So, you know, I, I think for those reasons, it, it makes sense to do. And I would say, yes, get till the cows come home, which is something right. I never thought I would say in this, in this regard. But what do you think? I mean, do you love this too? Or are you, Oh, are, are you more? Sure. For kiosk sure. Hesitant, but I think man. this is no, I am key, I am pro kiosk. I am kiosk positive. I think that's what I want. Yeah, what's I think the opposite what of I hesitant? Say. I gotta look that up. <laughs> but no, so I was just listening 
to this comedy special this weekend. And it was so funny because they were talking about like work from home and everything. And they're talking about yeah. the number one thing that people miss about not going into the office anymore is the printer. And I think that that's so it's hit so spot on. But it's like, yeah, this is great because not only can you print out coupons from this thing, but you can print out like other th- offers and other things like this is, I think, just a great resource for people that are still very analog. I think brands will see lift in purchases because while you're scrolling through and you're picking out your coupons, like there might be something that you find in the coupon list that you didn't think of you were going to buy before, but now you're got me right there. You're giving me a coupon. You're in the moment of intent. I think this is, everybody's going to see a lift from this happening. Um, and we talked about uh, this with somebody from Nax last week too, Chris. I don't know if you remember, but we are talking about the idea just from the brand perspective again, like why does your Cheerios coupon only work at one place? Like why can't you get your Cheerios coupon loaded onto your phone so that you can use that at any retailer that you want? And so I think that, you know, this could even be another opportunity for brands to say like, hey, if you, you know, if you're just interested in getting this offer, like maybe this is a place where you can print it. Maybe it's another resource. If you don't spend it that day, like you still have that connection with that brand and still have the opportunity. So I, I love this. I think it's you a great love idea. It. That, mm-hmm. that would be, that would definitely be consumer friendly if they were able to go that way. So yes. And I looked it up to the, the, the correct antonym for a hesitant would be uh confident or decisive. So you are, you kiosk are confident, kiosk confident or kiosk oh. decisive or digital confident and digital decisive. I feel like that's both. a deodorant commercial. Like I'm I, kiosk I, confident. There, there is so many miles with which we could go down this road of, of this, of this joke and riff on it, but let's keep going for the that's sake a good of idea. our listeners. That's Headline a good number idea. Two, Walmart says that Ozempic is making people buy less food. My man crush, and my man crush, my oh, retail yeah. man crush, the great John He was John out there Ferner. with his flow talking about this. He was, week. yeah. He's got some flow going. Mm-hmm. He's got the hockey hair. Uh, but anyway, my man crush, John Furniture, John Furniture, <laughs> John Furner. <laughs> I have no idea why that slipped out. The chief executive of Walmart US said recently, quote, we definitely do see a slight change compared to the total population. We do see a slight pullback in overall basket, just less units and slightly less calories, end quote. According to Bloomberg, Walmart has been studying changes in sales patterns using anonymized data on shopper populations. Of course, it's anonymized. Evaluating the purchasing changes among people taking the drug against those who aren't taking the shots. And while Ferno also did say that it's too early to draw any definitive conclusions about the appetite suppressing drug and... Are you buying into this story? Man, this was such a hot topic this week. I don't know if it was just a slow news week or what, but everybody uh, yeah, I think was it was a slow news week. Yet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm still and it's just a hot drug too. I think. Yeah. Love this drug. Yeah. Crazy. I'm. I'm still pretty skeptical of the true impact of I think this correlation and and John Ferner saying it too. Um, it is something though that I think that everyone from CPG companies like Cheez-Its and Pringles who are also saying that they're seeing impacts from this this um this drug's uh proliferate proliferation around uh the US. I think um uh, it's important for people to be thinking about what the investment is in personalization, I think. And by people I mean like retailers from convenience store retailers all the way to grocery retailers. Like, what does this mean? And if you're invested in getting this data back, seeing these these drops in sales, whether it's from Ozempic or it's from, you know, 
like the the convenience stores industries are seeing with a, a reduction in the uh, purchasing of tobacco products or even like sugary uh, drinks and snacks. What what investment have you made uh, in order to quickly adapt to and start to personalize offers for the other products that that this is resulting in in an increase in purchase in? So you know, if people at Walmart are buying less junk food, how are you personalizing that experience so that you can offer fresh food or other health foods or fitness goods or apparel or even beauty that might become more prevalent for consumers who who are changing their behaviors. And so that's what I think the real story is here is like, how are you investing in being able to make those real time changes to the personalization of experience, shopping experiences and offers that you're giving your customers, whether it's those epic or not? Yeah, so, so I mean, I mean, basically, it's just back to roots merchandise. It's back to roots yeah, retail. It's like right. bouncing your merchandising to what the the population needs, and from the brand side, the CBG side, you know, altering your product mix or your portfolios to give the customers what they need, given the fact that the dynamics are different in terms of what they want on the shelf as well. So, yeah, I mean, and for me, I think, I think the story is interesting, but I think you always, with every story, and we always tell the listeners to do this: with every story, you have to ask. What would compel the person that's giving you this information to share it, right? What is right. their motivation? So it it does make me wonder, the jaded side of me does make me wonder if Walmart isn't priming the pump for a sales slowdown, right. especially when you consider that the guy who used to hold John Furner's position, former Walmart US CEO, Bill Simon, came out literally yesterday and said that consumers are starting to quote unquote buckle, right? Yeah. So that's happening at the same time. Yeah. And this guy's got to be, he's got to be clued in on what's going on at Walmart. So now with that said, I think Walmart should be able to piece a piece apart the data in the way they've described. That should be pretty straightforward. So my guess is that they are seeing some impact. And John Furner, I think, you know, I have a ton of respect for him. He's not going to say something that isn't true, you know, for the most part. And so like, I think it probably is happening to some degree. And like you said, we just don't know the full impact of it or over the long haul, what that's going to mean either. Right. So. So the motivation is still the real question here, but the other point I would mention, and and you kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think it was a really great point you brought up yesterday. So I wanted you to talk about it even more is like, what's the impact going to be on this across retail more broadly and particularly the convenience store industry, because the convenience store industry is going heavy into prepared foods. Yes. And so this is going to make that a much more uphill climb for that industry. And also you think about Dollar General, them going into food. That's going to become more difficult too if this starts to take hold across the nation as it's being talked about or purported to be doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that again, it goes into like what how are you adapting to the trends and how are you trying to make up for a slow of business sales? I mean, I'm sure this happened when you were a merchant, Chris, with like um, you know, like what was the Atkins diet? Like with there's there's always these trends that yeah, are going to change and impact. Happen. So like how how are you investing in being agile and being able to provide an offering the the convenience store angle investing in prepared foods like that that's concerning because that's a hell of an investment to start putting kitchens into yep. these convenience stores and all of these things and if that doesn't pay or you're not set up to provide the right food offering that your consumer is demanding like that that's where I think this gets to be somewhat concerning. Yeah. The other interesting part about like you talk about the trends of merchandising. Yeah. Like Atkins is a great one. Um, you know, those, those, those always like move one category up and another category down. Yeah. The difference here though, is you're talking about entire amounts of entire amounts of food 
being consumed being less. Yeah. The whole, everything moving down. So that's what's different about this. And that's what's really intriguing about it. And that's why I think, I think your point is dead right. There's going to be a ripple effect here, particularly if inflation keeps to have keeps happening too, because you've got less units from inflation. If you're going to have less people buying less units because they're not as hungry across the nation, then yeah, that's going to be pretty impactful. So, so net net, this story, I think, while it's getting a lot of attention, probably deservedly so, wouldn't you say it? I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I think as we sit here and talk about it out loud, there's there's a lot going on here over the long haul. If this drug continues to do what it's saying it can do. Yeah. And if, and I think there's a lot of things that can impact, like it's definitely something to watch. The economic impacts of this drug are something to watch and why it's getting so much attention because, you know, whether or not it's being paid for by healthcare providers and what in different states and all these things, like there's so much fluctuation happening as this, this drug continues to expand across the country. The use of this drug it continues to expand and contract. I mean, I think that's the interesting thing too. Like this was, this drug was getting put out there and anyone could use it. And you and I have even seen like our insurance company saying like, look, we're not paying for yeah. this drug anymore. And we've seen at multiple reports, as soon as you stop taking this drug, then the increase in food demand right. comes right. back. So it's right. like, again, how are you as a retailer set up to really be as flexible as possible to the changing consumer demands yeah, that are getting thrown your way? It's smart that Walmart's watching this too. Like if they're watching yeah. the data to the degree that they are, it's smart. It's yeah. it's really, really smart and cagey. All right, let's go on to headline number three, Chris. Shields has opened a 250,000 square foot store in the Phoenix metro area. So happy holidays, Chris. You're going to be able to have one hell of a time when you go back home to Phoenix for uh, for a Shields experience. According to Chain Storage, the North Dakota-based chain this week opened the store at Maester Rich's Chandler Fashion Center, and it even comes with its own Ferris wheel a saltwater aquarium, and a wildlife mountain, as well as sneakers, team sports gear, and fishing and hunting equipment. Opening day was on September 30th, according to Maesterich, and it drew tens of thousands of shoppers to the store, which also employs more than 400 associates. Chris, are you going to be checking this out? And what are you going to do first? Go to the uh, Ferris wheel or the wildlife mountain? That's a good question, Ann. You know, I and I am and Chandler's really close to my. It's right next to Tempe too, where okay. my hometown is, where I hail from, where I'm planning to to be in uh, in uh, or over the holidays, Ann. This, yes. this coming December. So yes, yeah, so if I get the chance, I might head over there and check it out. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if I'd go for the aquarium or the Ferris wheel. I think I'm probably more of a Ferris wheel guy than a stand and look at the aquarium mm-hmm. guy. Definitely more of a Ferris wheel guy than a climb a mountain kind of guy because that's just. That's just not my thing, you know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't go on belay, and you know. I can see not... you reaching the summit and just saying to everyone, "Hello, hello." I can't even say, I can't even say on belay with a straight face because I, I, I can't <laughs> say what on. I can't, I can't say what I can't yeah. spell, and yeah. so, so anyway. But, but getting back to the actual <laughs> insight of the headline and why we picked it this week, I, I love this story, um. Because I think it it answers the fundamental question, which we always talk about on the show, which is why am I coming to a physical store to shop? Ferris wheels, aquariums, even freaking mountains answer that question for the Shields customer. And it's not the first time they're trying this either. So they know the recipe works because when you sell non-differentiated products, you have to have a hook like this, mm-hmm. which again, when we compare it to last week's show where we talked about Macy's is starkly different than why I would choose a smaller Macy's store over a larger one. 
especially when you consider that the selection is actually bigger in the larger store. So I have more to choose from. So, yeah. And, and so then if, if you get back to the answer of Macy's like, well, you get better merchandising and better service. Well, that's an operational problem as opposed to an entire reason to build an entire fleet of new smaller stores, just fix the operations and you can, you, you have a better path forward is what right. I'm saying. So, so like, that's why I love this story because you've got the small side. These guys are saying F that I'm going bigger. I'm going yeah. bolder aquariums, fish, hatcheries, whatever you name it. I'm doing it. And I love that. I don't know that hatcheries is included, but, uh, but I agree with you. I'm I extrapolating again. That's right. Yes. What I find the most fascinating about this is exactly what you said, Chris, like we, this, this shields is going into an old Nordstrom and they had to add on to the Nordstrom right. anchor a hundred thousand square feet to make this concept work. So I think it's so interesting when we see Macy's going small and shields, Dick sporting goods, you know, all right. of these companies, you know, going even Bass Pro Shops Bass had Pro, an announcement yeah. this week that they're going into another another large format store in Arizona. So I think that it gets to like, yes, this does work if you can get people in and you can bring in even br- possibly bringing in a new stream of revenue um, hatcheries potentially. But I <laughs> like in the case of Dick Sporting Goods, like. <laughs> We started going to Dick Sporting Goods weekly now to do batting cages. Like right. not not even necessarily. I mean, we are buying st- other stuff when we're in there, so it's working. But like this is a whole new destination just to go in and be able to have, you know, uh, the opportunity in a cold weather climate to be able to do these right. types of things, which right. Shields is doing too, like Ferris right. wheels, aquariums, like all these things make sense. And I think that, you know, it I I'm going to continue to ask, especially like we just um we did an interview with uh, Placer AI's Ethan Chernovsky yesterday, and he's his data is showing that visits were down to the sporting goods and specialty uh, stores. And so I'm curious to see if more and more of these get bigger and have more attractions, if that starts to drive more traffic through um, and increase those numbers of of people visiting retailers like this, um, you know, in these large format stores and in malls or wherever they might be. Yeah, I think it's the way to go if you're the category killers like these guys are. You know, it makes sense. And and to to the point, like why 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 are we stopping in aquariums? Like why don't we just go all in on fishing? Like why don't we stock lakes with salmon inside these stores and teach people how to fish? I actually would actually I would actually take my kid to do that because I'm never going to a real lake to show my kid how to fish like ever. But anyway, I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail for that. But uh, it's true, man. Like, I actually would maybe go do that inside a store, but I have no idea what the logistics of that would be. But hey, food for thought, Bass Pro and uh, Shields, make it happen. All right, headline number four, which is kind of an interesting tangent off that last headline. So Macy's incoming CEO, Tony Spring, has gone on record calling Bloomingdale's Macy's quote-unquote growth vehicle. According to CNBC, Spring told CNBC's Jim Cramer the company is leaning into the recent success of Bloomingdale's. Spring said in the interview with Kramer that the company's smaller versions of Bloomingdale's, known as Bloomies, have been successful and that it's, quote, all about creation of product and the delivery of a better experience for the customer. Retail is theater, end quote. Spring also said, Bloomingdale's is our growth vehicle that doesn't come at the exception of Macy's because we're talking to different customers and we obviously can learn from one another without becoming one another. So, Anne. Yes. Shields is getting bigger. Bloomingdale's is getting getting smaller. Shields is getting bigger. Bloomingdale's getting smaller. 
What do you think? Smaller. Is Spring right in his call out that this is a growth vehicle for them? What do you think? Yeah, I I do. I mean, I think you look at for the longest time, you've had Nordstrom taking all the share in this space. Um, They have been, you know, condensing the sizes of their stores so that they can be in more places. We've seen concepts like Nordstrom Locals. And I think there's enough TAM to have another player in the mix. And that's why Bloomingdale's has been seeing such success with this. So I'd say like, even if it's just another destination, even even for the purposes of picking up product that you're ordering online from Bloomingdale's and trying on like Nordstrom's done with their rack stores. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've used that service alone just to avoid like going to the, you know, the large Nordstrom that's 25, 30 minutes from us. Like, I -hmm. think this is a great opportunity for, uh, for Bloomingdale's to really continue to expand and to get um, penetration in markets that they're not already in. Plus, I also like the potential. They haven't started talking about this yet, but I yet, but I still like the the potential for the off price sector that they haven't mm. started exploring yet with mm-hmm. this smaller format Bloomies concept too. Like you That's see how well Nordstrom Rack does in those mm-hmm. markets, and I yeah. think that like. The more Bloomingdale's there are, you have more inventory that's out there. You have potential for like an off-price market that I think would be a step above like a, the TJX or Marshall's offering that mm-hmm. is there right now. So I think there is, I agree, there's a ton of growth potential here. That's an extrapolation too. And VC alert, you dropped Tam in that. You said oh, Tam, yeah. man. Tam. Wow. First yeah. time ever, I think you've used that that acronym, TAM. Nicely done. Nicely Thanks. done. Oh, man, Thanks, I got to keep up. I got to keep up with tally. you today, man. I Jesus. Know. All right. So, you know, here's my thoughts. Like, so people are going to accuse me of, of talking out of both sides of my mouth after last week and the the incredible shade I threw at Macy's. But but I got to tell you, I'm not, I, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. And it comes back to what I said before. It comes back to the why, Anne. Mm-hmm. And the why in this case is around access to the Bloomingdale's experience. Macy's has over 500 stores throughout the U.S. Bloomingdale's, I looked it up, has 35. Yeah, 35. it's not enough. It's not enough, which means most of America, most of America has never experienced the high-end shopping of Bloomingdale's of what it's like to shop a high end experience of Bloomingdale's. So Macy's Macy's will continue to get squeezed in the middle by off price target Walmart, but Bloomingdale's they can occupy the high end. Yeah. And they can go smaller. They can lever up the truly differentiated aspects of the customer experience in experience in more locations and in a right size business model that works for the 21st century and works for 21st century America and can be located where the consumers are. I see no risk to this side of the strategy. So I think he's dead right. And hopefully he's the right guy to lead this because we have not been kind to Macy's leadership over the last few years. But, you know, I was asked like, what would you do? And I said, like, I would actually do what this guy's doing. I think this makes sense. Right. Yeah. I agree. Like what is there, is there a purpose for Macy's still? Like, I think Bloomingdale's has the most potential. They are the biggest growth opportunity for that that group right now. I think you're a hundred percent right. We need more Bloomingdale's, and I will be there to shop them when I get. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would, I would definitely make that part of. If we had one like up here on fifth, like for, for those that don't know, fiftieth in France, we live very close to it. It's a nice area, and there's really small, great stores. If we had one, I, I would be in there all the time. Yeah, hundred percent, I would. All right, All right, we're lobbying for it, Chris. We'll see if it happens. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, Dinovic, make it happen. Yeah. All right.
right. All right. Um, well, we have headline number five next. Alta wants to lean into joy this holiday season. Chris, I'm going to tell you what exactly I mean. According to Retail Wire, Alta Beauty has launched the Joy Project, a long-term initiative focused on helping consumers find, embrace, and experience joy in partnership with best-selling author, motivational speaker, and podcast host, Mel Robbins. I wonder if she's related to Tony Robbins. Yeah, I have no Um, idea. The Joy Project is kicking off with the release of the Joy Study, third-party research commissioned by Ulta Beauty with the goal of sparking a conversation about the barriers people face in achieving joy and how to overcome them. While 85% of people wish they felt a high level of joy in their lives, only 58% of people report feeling that way. And negative self-talk was one of the top barriers for 73% of those polled. And 70% of those experiencing it don't recognize negative self-talk when it's happening. Ulta plans to tie these findings back into its training program for all 53,000 Ulta Beauty Associates to help them change the way they think about themselves and to empower shoppers to do the same. Chris, we saved it till the end again. The AM puts you on oh, the, right. of the Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I almost forgot. But this week, it's yeah. more of a statement to, oh. which to react. And here it is. A&M says, irrespective of any connection to retail sales or business strategy, we commend Alta Beauty's efforts to drive positive energy and traction in the battle against mental health struggles. We wish them and their customers well. Chris, what are your thoughts on this sentiment from A&M? Oh, God, that's it's kind of a mic drop moment here in the yeah. show, right? You know, it's it's hard to know. You know, it's kind of like thinking to myself, man. I gotta, I gotta articulate this right. I hope I can do it well. I don't want any negative self thoughts coming in. And, um, you know, I, for me, I, I agree a hundred percent. I okay. like, I actually like that they're doing this a lot, um, because I think having a purpose, particularly at the field level, that everyone can understand, rally around, recite, is vital. Uh, and what better purpose is there? I, I agree with, I agree with AM's core to their statement. What better purpose is there? Then finding joy. Yeah. Like I can't argue against joy. No one can argue against joy. Are you kidding me? No, you can't argue against joy. Maybe an almond joy, but not joy, (laughs) you know? And so kudos to Ulta for investing in joy and in their teams. Because I mean, when I sat back, you know, as I was thinking about this yesterday, I wish we had more headlines like this. Yeah. We never hear headlines about we are investing in this training program for our employees to make their lives better. And I hope it works. I really do. I hope the team gets right around it. They, they get inspired by it and they want to talk about it. Cause I think yeah. that's the, that's the, the proof point that if it's working uh, that we're going to want to see in the market and that Ulta is going to ultimately want to see, but what do you think? You're okay. a little, yeah, I'm curious where your head is on this. say some things. So you going to say some things. Okay, good. As a podcast host, I'm glad you're going to say some yes. things. That's good. So I, all right. I love this for the employees. I think that it's great. And yes, you should absolutely be focused on how you empower employees. You make them feel better. Like I, I commend the investment in the employee side of this. The thing I'm not super jazzed about, we'll say, is like the fact that then the employees are supposed to be like, integrating this into their conversations with uh with the customers that part to me feels a little a, a little tone deaf i guess i i think that 
Ulta, if you're like, you're focusing in the right places, investing in your consumers, but a big part of their day-to-day joy in working also comes from like having the ability to get the stuff done that they want to get done in the day or that they're tasked with and having less stress at work. And so I still think that while they don't, these things don't have to be mutually exclusive, I still think that there should be more focus on the investment of how are you investing in technology to help make the store operations better, the day-to-day stress be less for these, for these employees. Um, and not necessarily focus on them trying to be a psychologist for the, the customers. I don't know that as an, as a customer of Ulta, I need you to tell me about negative self-talk. I think I'd like you to tell me about how you can recommend the best product for me and then help me get into the store and out of the store as as easily and simply as possible. Um, and I think some of that naturally, when you invest in your in your associates, like that's going to come out naturally in conversation. I don't know that I'd be spending time as Alta, like telling my associates to have this this conversation with wow, see with that's my customers, but, that, but see, that's, that's just me. I know that is just you, but that's what I that's what I love about it though. I love that it's not an investment in technology; it's just an investment in the team and the purpose and the mission. And I think if, I think if you can get the team bought in on their, their job is to spread joy to each other. And most importantly, as is read in this article to themselves, yeah, you know, to find joy in yourself, that will naturally translate itself over to your customers. I agree with that. Over yeah. time, you know? Yeah. So, all right, well, if you agree with that on that nice kumbaya note, yes. let's go to the lightning round. All right, Chris, let's do it. Uh, question one. Meta announced they partnered with celebrities like Tom Brady and Snoop Dogg to voice AI chatbot assistants. Which celebrity would you want to communicate with on the regular in AI form? Oh man, that that's so easy. I mean, you, you know, you know my my heart my heart goes out for Minka Kelly and so oh, she could be God, real, she could be virtual 100% anyway. It's a okay with me, Ann. Oh my god. All right. Question two, Mars Wrigley opened up an unattended autonomous shopping experience on the campus of Mrs. Omnitalk's alma mater, UNLV, with the help of Zippin. What is the one item that would keep you coming back to an autonomous college store as a college student over and over again? Oh, probably as a college student. Careful. (laughs) Yeah, that I can say on this podcast. Um, I would say coffee or Red Bull um, or something like that. Like I would be focused on making sure that anything energy related, um, energy bars, I guess, in the case of Mars Wrigley, but like something that's going to keep me pumped up and awake for those all nighters. She had a highly caffeinated college experience. That's what we're to take away from this. Among other things, but yes, for the purposes of this podcast and keeping it PG, yes, we'll say that. Uh, Chris, a Florida woman, this never ends well when a headline starts. No, it really doesn't. A Florida man or a Florida woman. Where this is going? A Florida woman was arrested for leaving Walmart without paying for her items because she thought the security guard was trying to holler at her, according to Marion County Sheriff's Office. Chris, when was the last time someone tried to holler at you, and what were they trying to get you to do? Holler. So are you saying holla or holler? Because like Gwen Stefani and I don't holla back. <laughs> All right. Crocs unveiled a new oh combo boot, which features a shiny. We're just going to move on. Yeah. Features a shiny croc embossed texture, Western inspired stitching and a spinning spur charm attached to the backstrap of the boot. And if you could have any one slogan embroidered into a pair of cowboy boots, 
what would it be? Oh man. Uh, made for walking probably. Made Think for walking? Yeah. Okay. All right. It's boring. That, that's, a, that's the easy way out. Yeah. Or, or like, don't holler at me. Maybe that's what I would yeah. like. Holler at me. Holler and back. these boots are going to be on your back. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Happy birthday today to Martha McIsaac of Superbad. Do you know who that is? And that was Evan's no. girlfriend or Evan's school. Uh, Do you remember her? Yeah. 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 Okay. The, the one person in that show. You're the only movie, person that knows that. The only, well, she's like the only person in that movie that never went on to do anything else. But, uh, and also the young Indiana Jones, Sean Patrick Flannery, if you can remember that show from back in the day. And to the woman who Anne can head up my fictional movie studio anytime, the often underappreciated Constance Zimmer. These are only for you. No one knows who any of these people are. Oh, there are people that know because this section gets called out quite frequently uh, in my LinkedIn chatter. All right. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, Make it on me talk, the only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top 10 U.S. retailer. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content that's exclusive to us. And we do it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can follow us by simply going to youtube.com slash Omnitalk Retail. That's YouTube dot com slash omnitalk retail thanks as always for listening in please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on that youtube url that i just mentioned so until next week and on behalf of all of us at omnitalk retail as always be careful out there the omnitalk fast five is brought to you in association with the a&m consumer and retail group the AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. You can find out more at firework.com. And Avalara. Avalara makes tax compliance faster, easier, more accurate, and more reliable for 30,000 plus businesses and government customers in over 90 countries. Avalara leverages 1,200 plus signed partner integrations to power tax calculations, document management, tax return filing, and tax content access. Visit avalara.com to improve your compliance journey. And TGW. Revolutionize your grocery supply chain with TGW. Their experts tailor automation solutions to your needs, ensuring you have the edge. Work with TGW before your competition does. Discover more at tgw-group.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com.